0: Good morning, greetings and namaste to all of you, RDO, podcast listeners and observers on YouTube. Welcome to the pod episode 60. Hey. Hey. Uh, With the boys, Alex and Jason Von Cannell. How are you this morning, my brother? I'm really good.
1: I'm really good. Mm -hmm. I've had a very busy week of just prepping the shed full of cars and Mm -hmm. not a lot on the inquiry front, but it's usually a case where you have a strong week, your stock level drops, you've got to replenish your stock Mm -hmm. and then the inquiry starts to come, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's been good. But I want to start. Oh, sorry. How's your week been? Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. How's your week been?
0: Uh, My week's been pretty good. Uh, I have uh, enjoyed my week of running. So I've got my third run for the week in this morning Mm -hmm. and feel good. Like, that's this morning. uh, I did 5.6 Ks. There's hills, no stopping. Uh, I felt like garbage this morning before I went to. So I didn't get a very good sleep last night. Nate was, uh, he's teething pretty hard at the moment. So didn't sleep very well. So I didn't sleep very well. But uh, yeah, got up, forced himself to do it. And I'm really glad I did. So
1: I did, I had the <coughs> same feeling during the week. Both, like three, I went three times mm-hmm. this week. But each time prior, I'm like, oh, I don't really need it. I've, mm-hmm. I've been working on cars and mm-hmm. it's really hot. And just go in there and do it. Yeah. And then they, they even said to me, yesterday afternoon, oh, are you going to do conditioning? And one of the other girls that was there, she was like, oh, are you going to do conditioning? Yeah, and yeah. it was like giving us the easy out and I'm like, no, nah, we're doing it.
0: Like, yeah. Just got to do it. Because as we spoke about last week, that's that part of your personality which is trying to protect you from physical pain. Yeah. So all you need to do, that that part's a good part, but just switch him out, for the, put yeah. someone else in the driver's seat, let them drive for the hour yeah. or whatever the session is that you're doing. So now good on you for going. It,
1: but my highlight <clears> since we last spoke mm-hmm. was I spoke about buying that G.R. Yaris, yep. and I just want to say a credit to Toyota for creating that thing. It is a freaking animal. I am so impressed with that car. So mm-hmm. I went to Lakeside Raceway mm-hmm. on Saturday uh, with the boys, and we had some estimations of what we thought it was capable of just by reading the stats on you know how much power it made and, mm-hmm. and um, you know its weight. Um, but I, I did not think it was going to be this good. Yeah. Right it on. is exceptional. The fact that most of the cars out there, I would say 90% of the cars that are out there, have been built in a way yeah. to suit that track. Yeah. This car is factory fresh.
0: Yeah, stock.
1: Completely stock. The only thing I did was lower the tyre pressures. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was passing race cars around the outside. Um I was doing. It, it's my fastest lap time around. Yeah, around Lakeside. It's and also it's
0: also by far the most expensive car you've driven around Lakeside.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> there is that argument to be had, right? So we did we, we have debriefed with the with the other guys. Mm-hmm. From a new car point of view, it's cheap. Mm. There is nothing that you're going to buy at that sixty sixty odd thousand dollar mark
0: mm.
1: new that's going to that's going to compete Evenly close with yeah. that. You have to spend eighty, ninety, a hundred to, mm-hmm. to to really have a go, like a BMW M two or a, you know, maybe maybe the Supra, it's almost the same car. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably not a lot out there that's really going to give you that bang for your buck. Mm. Now, from a race car point of view, a lot of these guys say, "Oh yeah, my car's ten thousand dollars." Yeah, they bought it for ten thousand yeah, dollars five years ago, but they were spent twenty thousand dollars a year on it <laughs> <little bit laughs> yeah. to get to where, where it's at yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, and
0: they also weren't ten grand when they were first released either.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But one thing I learned, so my first lap out, my first session, I turned it into race mode mm. and thought that's what you needed to go to go racing, mm-hmm. race mode. But the stability control is still really intrusive. Mm. And you could feel it. The, the, the problem with modern cars is this electronic throttle control mm. can take over it. Whereas yeah, the, old, yeah. the old cars just had a cable. When you put your foot down the accelerator, it just pulls a cable. Yep. And they couldn't really overhaul that. Mm override it so I can feel it and I'm like no I want power now give me the power now Yeah, yeah. and then I'll play with some of the buttons and then the screen changes to race expert mode. right the use of the word expert Toyota I've got to give you credit I felt like like Vin Diesel <laughs> <laughs> when I hit the button it made me feel so good inside because yeah. most cars will have a cool race setting yeah. so in this car it'll be, be called sports
0: mode yeah. or something yeah, yeah.
1: so this car's got normal sport And race. And when you flick it to race, the the dash goes red Mm -hmm. to save your race mode. Like, that's a cool thing. But then when you push the stability off button, it turns into expert race. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It felt so good. But that's when it gave you all the power all the time. You had to get control over it. And man, it is so, so, so impressive. And just to put it into context, the friend that I went with, he's got a, a S13 Silvia. Mm-hmm. He's upgraded the SR20 to a RB25, six-cylinder. It's got 500 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And he's, in our group, he's got the best lap time. Okay. But on that day, the Yaris Sasa. Wow. And it's a 1.6-litre, mm-hmm. three-cylinder turbocharged car. Yeah. And to, to, to illustrate another sort of point... People don't realise how advanced these, well, yeah. like how good these cars are getting. Because in the driver's briefing, this old bloke comes up to me and goes, oh, hey, how are you going? Yeah, what are you driving? And I said, I'm driving a GR Yaris. And obviously he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And he goes, oh, how many doors has that got? And I said, it's got two doors. Because they break you up by yeah. the doors. So two doors go in a, se- a session, four doors mm-hmm. go in a session, open wheels go in a session, supercars go in a okay. session. And he goes, oh, good. You won't hold me up. And I'm like, oh, what are you driving? He's driving a HQ Holden, like a '70s model HQ Holden.
0: Right,
1: and this guy thinks he genuinely thinks his car's the fastest car in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you if you hadn't heard of the GR Yaris and someone said they'll driving a Yaris, you'd be like, <laughs> yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
1: absolutely. So, make like maybe that's the one problem that Toyota
0: did is they should have called it something else. Yeah, it's it's really tough with that. Like I'm uh, just a bit of an offshoot I remember back when when I first started selling cars back in 2011 that was when um, the first brand I sold was Kia and that was when they were just going through their full evolution as a brand
1: Schreier what's his name yeah Peter Schreier, Schreier, Schreier the, the new Audi? Li-
0: yep so newly designer came over from Audi and completely redesigned the all of the new cars yep. and job. one of the biggest criticisms that were given to them at the time was there was so much negative brand recognition attached to the model names and he still used the old model names, like the Kia Rio, the Kia Cerato. Yeah. Like, so they did say, they're like, oh, well, they're, they're all brand new cars, so why wouldn't you change the names? And they made the decision that because at least those cars were, at least people knew what they were, you could then just work on it. They knew it was going to take time, but you already had a degree of brand recognition there. Interesting. Rather than if you if you come out with all of these new cars and you just call them new things, the perception from the customer is it's just the same company releasing different models.
1: Well, that's Nissan's example. <coughs> Nissan going from Pulsar, which is such a strong brand here in Australia, yeah. to Tita, T
0: by IDA, yeah,
1: back to Pulsar, mm. and it ruined mm. both. So yeah, TIDA right. sucked, yeah, and Pulsar has really struggled mm. because they've lost that, they've lost any of that brand recognition because for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever it was, mm-hmm. they had this TIDA, which didn't tick any of the boxes. Yeah. So
0: And sort of like you look at what happened with like so Hyundai tried to do the prestige branding with Genesis and they had a complete rebranding thing and to me I you know, does anyone know anyone who's purchased a, a Genesis? Big in America. Yeah. Big in America. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, so but, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit that comes with brand recognition, especially with a Toyota card that obviously is so well known. Like everyone knows what a Yaris is. Yeah. You know? So So what was funny is
1: I went there with So Russell's Sylvia and my friend Neil's XR6 Turbo Ute. Mm -hmm. And they've obviously got cult followings because there's people out there talking to them. It's such a good... Besides that one douchebag, the HQ douchebag, everyone at those race events is super cool, Mm. real positive, really interested and engaged in what you've got. Not one person can not speak to me. (laughs) (laughs) No one cared. Nobody cared. Because
0: uh, do you just look like the rich kid who's shown up with the brand new car when everyone else has, like, no. got things that they've built with their own two hands.
1: It, so there are aspects of that. There's mm. some people in, like, old MX-5s and doing great late, lap, lap times and uh, building a shed. Russell's car's built in a shed pretty yeah. much. He did all the work himself. But then you've got guys with that come in with the latest F truck with a whole uh, custom-built car trailer behind right. it there was one guy there that came up at the end it took him 45 minutes just to unload his car to do three 15 minute sessions Mm -hmm. and then 45 minutes to load back up and leave. So he he spent twice as much time loading and unloading than he did racing. Yeah, And that that to me is not not interesting. uh, I
0: I don't have that kind of time for anything. So I,
1: I would argue that my, my car, from a value proposition, is probably as competitive hmm. as what the other guys are, but theirs have taken a long time to get there. Hmm.
0: Do you know what I mean? So yep, yep.
1: Yeah, that $10,000 car, Russell's $10,000 car, owes him a lot more than $10,000. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Now. So my my one and only question uh, that I've got in regards to this is, what modifications did you discuss with the boys to do to your car to... Uh, Lower your time. Send me some Next week. <laughs> I've already booked in to go again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that was the only thing I felt... Now, in, in, in an ideal world... In an ideal world... So, I respect this car f- for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely not going
0: to... Drop a new motor in it?
1: No, no, no. Like, I don't want to bastardise the car. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so... You just want to get the best out of it. Rather yeah, than yeah, yeah, so, it, yeah. So, in the,
1: the massive limitation... Sorry, the largest limitation was tyres yeah, because yeah. They're street. it's got street tyres. It's got a very high quality street tyre on it, mm-hmm. but yeah. they are compromised on, on track. So yeah. uh, a nice set of semi-slicks will should bring those times down a bit. I just nice. want to go faster than, than Russell did. I've got a little bit to go. Yeah, but,
0: okay. um, oh, well, you first go in that car around the track. You've only owned it for a week, so you, know, you might go better next time anyway. I've driven
1: the car twice prior, Yeah. was it. Yeah, but I don't blame it on that uh, only because I think... A good driver adapts quickly.
0: Mm.
1: So you, you know, your Mm outlap is literally nothing. You do nothing on your outlap. Just Mm. warm up the tyres, warm up the brakes, Mm. have a kind of bit of a scope just to make sure that there's no, you know, um, Mm. oil stains that have been cleaned up with um, sand or something. Mm -hmm. And the next one, just hit it. Mm. And then then progressively build up um, as the day goes on. Mm. The other tip for a fast lap time for anyone, any punters out there that are wanting to have a go is you've got to be mindful of traffic. So yeah. getting yourself a clear space to get that lap time is important. Mm-hmm. So Russell in his last session was having too much fun battling with people, but it's not right. like fast. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. so you're not going to get the times, but yeah, yeah.
0: it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah, uh, he had a ball. Yeah. And I'm like, if only you checked your rear vision mirror, you had half a track behind you. Mm. And also something I had to manage because I was running street tires is I had to manage the heat in the tires. Yeah. Okay. So I could do three kind of flat out laps, mm-hmm. but the fourth lap was nowhere. So, yeah, I, okay. so what I would, what I ended up doing is doing two hot laps, mm-hmm. one really slow lap, yep. and another hot lap to try and. So I, I really play with it to try and keep mm-hmm. the brakes correct, mm-hmm. um, keep the tire temperatures correct. But yeah, I Toyota, absolute credit to you. You've built an amazing, an amazing specimen. I'm mm-hmm. so impressed.
0: Toyota expen- we're accepting sponsorship dollars now too. So just oh yeah, hit us up. Yeah,
1: shout out. Do we put some tags on it or something?
0: Yeah, something like that. Put it on
1: Instagram with, with with tags. Can we clip this part? Well,
0: it, it, I I think I sent you the uh, the picture the other day when I when I put a post on my Instagram about a week ago, uh, where I was doing a bare sleeves investor post. So obviously I've got my my uniform <laughs> on today uh, about. Uh, the today's you know post run investment tip was brought to you by a singlet I wore fifteen I bought fifteen years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Don't send yourself broke trying to look rich. And then I got a bloody um, a message from Instagram saying this looks like branded content, and they're trying to get me to like tag the uh, the company in it, say it was a paid ad. And, and I'm like, another out of business. Yeah. Went out of business ten years ago. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think anyone's buying my fifteen year old sweated in singlet, bro. <laughs> It's hilarious. Good old Instagram. Um, before we the, we move on, we do need to say thank you again for the support, but please like, share, subscribe. Uh, we've had a big uplift over the last few weeks in subscribers, mm. in views. Uh, I think a lot of that is because obviously you guys have been passing around to friends and family that you think might benefit from listening to some of this stuff. So, look, we really appreciate your support. and If you can continue to do so, that would be fantastic. Yeah,
1: use it. So, if everyone can send it to one person... Mm. And that would be really helpful. Yeah. And, and we, we're trying to do it to, to help because we know there's a lot of people out there that are living in a very sort of divided yeah, place. Yeah, and th- that's you probably... Need a safe harbour.
0: Yeah, and that's probably the best sort of segue into uh, one of the subjects that we'll speak about today. And uh, obviously this week, we've had pretty good weeks because we're living up in sunny Queensland where life's pretty much almost as per normal. Mm-hmm. Almost. I'd say that with a very big caveat. Uh, but obviously... Most of you, I'm assuming, would have seen uh, a lot of the news stories about the protests down in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. which have been occurring ever since, well, since Monday for the construction guys, but there was obviously the freedom protest on the Saturday as well.
1: Uh, Just on that, American viewers, can you, or foreign viewers, Mm. can you... Put In the comments, what they are reporting on on your news here, mm, about here yeah, because there is
0: well, there are some interesting reports, especially out of America, yeah, as well. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so I guess look, obviously, just to, just to start off with, one of the things that I think is really, really important to throw out there straight away is this uh, the media and anyone who has a vested interest in the media, whether it's politicians, corporations, etc. They have always done an extremely good job at finding a line that they can divide us over. Mm. So if you just go through the last ten years, it could be, you know, whether or not you are a Trump supporter or a Democrat, yeah. whether or not you are white or black. So if you are a racist, um, LGBTQ issues like your sexual preferences, uh, whether you're a religious person or an atheist, like they have always done an extremely good job at going, "Hey guys, here's the here's today's." Uh, Volatile subject. Pick a side. Yeah. And now fight. Yeah. Right. Because while while we are all fighting with each other, we're not really seeing what's actually going on. Yeah. And I'm. You've seen this obviously in in the the social debate over the last months, where they've created a divide between vaccinated and unvaccinated. And now this week we've seen it further go into a divide between you know it, it looks like vaccinated and protesters is is. Like they're essentially calling every protester an anti-vaxxer yeah. at this point in the media.
1: I spoke to someone during the week who was massively offended by that yeah. because it's like I, he goes, I've got every single vaccination ever, mm. but I'm I just don't want this one and I'm now lumped as an anti-vaxxer.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously we've been uh, cautious and critical of the vaccine rollout. And uh, a lot of people who I'm assuming who, if they've actually listened to this or anything that maybe I'll post it online, I I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. You're an anti-vaxxer. Well, I'm not literally took my 18 month old son to get his vaccines. Like his 18 month shots, you know, a a week and a half ago. Yeah. Like I've had every other shot known to man. Uh, I'm just cautious about this one when I look at it at a a risk reward benefit. But that, that aside, let's talk about the protest. So, there's a few things I want to say on this. Number one, uh, if you are finding yourself triggered by the protesters themselves and you find yourself blaming them for further lockdowns or you know spreading COVID because that's what they the media, that's what today. the politicians are yeah. telling you to, to do, uh, I would ask yourself to try to take a step back from the hysteria for five minutes and maybe ask yourself the question, why people feel so there's such so strongly the need to actually get out there and do these protests. It, it's been every day in Melbourne, and it's getting bigger, not smaller. Mm. It started with construction workers on Monday. I saw footage yesterday. It's thousands of people. They're not just construction workers. Mm. People are marching, and they're not marching because they're anti-vax. They are marching because they want lockdowns to finish. They want vaccine mandates to go away. Yeah. And there are people in the march who are vaccinated, yeah. who still believe in choice. Yeah. And so, so you've, you've got to really try to make sure your the media that you're viewing, whether it's social media or uh, mainstream media, whatever it is, you've just got to try to make sure that you're not allowing what you're seeing to dehumanise these protesters in your eyes. Well, something I... will. Sort of race that is is. At the
1: time, all protesters are vilified, mm. all of them. Mm-hmm. If you think of every single historical event, yeah, every single time, the protesters are the bad people. Hmm. Are perceived to be the bad people.
0: Yeah, but in retrospect, they are heroes. That's right. So I mean, consider guys like Mahatma Gandhi. Mm. How was he covered in the press back when he? founded the civil disobedience and and passive resistance. Yeah. He was a pest. Yep. It, it, you know, they were they were painting him like he was he was the bad guy. Yeah. He was passively disobedient a uh, disobedient towards essentially overreach from government. Yep. And now India is the nation that it is because of that act. Yeah. Uh Martin Luther King. Yeah. Do you think he was super popular in the media the Predominantly white-run media back when he was campaigning for the rights for black people? Yeah. Guarantee you, he wasn't. So...
1: So we look back at... So just just really think about that. We look back at all those people that are as heroes. Mm -hmm. The people that stood and fought for the rights of people. Yeah. But at the time... We all felt like this. That's right. Because like, that's, that's what we do.
0: It's, like, it's how the machine works. <laughs> it's how the machine works. And when you consider the fact that... So the developments that have happened this week, obviously the, the mainstream media that gets shown to us, we all know it's controlled. We all know that. There, there are financial interests involved. There are political interests involved. Because like, you've got to think, you've got a federal election coming up next year. Those federal uh the in the federal election campaigns, they got advertising dollars, right? Yeah. If your channel doesn't support what they're trying to do, do you think you're gonna get their advertising money? No. So there there's a financial incentive to show what the government wants you to show. Saw my first United
1: Australia Party ad on Channel Seven. Okay. Which just goes to show how desperate the mainstream media is to get money.
0: Yeah, well that's that's one thing. Yeah. Um so there's that. But What is of particular concern to me is the concerted effort between police, government, and social media companies to block the unedited footage coming out of Melbourne. So... So, okay, first day of the construction protest, all you saw on TV that night was the, the, the violence. It's all you saw. It was
1: really only three clips that they yeah. showed. The guy kicking the dog, yep. which is the, the the...
0: They showed that over and That's over right. and over. Because that gets an emotional response, because we all know that you shouldn't kick dogs. Yep,
1: the guy tackling the reporter. Mm-hmm. And what's not shown is when everyone jumps on that guy and pulls him apart, yep. obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and there was one other like breaking the line yeah. clip that they showed. It yep. was that over and over again.
0: Yeah, so... I was watching, there's a, a, an independent journalist, uh, he goes by the real Rookshan. So Rookshan, can't remember his surname, but he, he was at the protests and he had a live feed going for the entire day mm-hmm. on his Instagram, Instagram Live. And I watched it for, I just checked back in over a couple of hours. The first seven hours of the protest yeah. was completely peaceful. And one of the key differences between this protest and what happened on Saturday was there were police around, but they left them alone. Yeah. And obviously a lot of the jokes were made that there was no 70-year-old women for them to push over and, you know. Because we've all seen, we've all seen, well. I don't know if we have all seen those clips from Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But because no mainstream media, at least that I've seen, has shown the clips from last Saturday of the police officers pushing over an old woman and spraying her in the face with mace. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. If you guys have seen it, please let me know. Um, so, yeah, we've only seen a certain side of it in certain ways. But what is interesting to me is that... So these guys, these independent journalists, these RV Yemenis from Rebel News, like these guys have been actually down there trying to report on the stuff every single day. And to an extent, they've been able to do a fantastic job for that. Yeah. Now, two days ago... Uh, Victoria police apply to have a uh, ban on overhead, yeah. um, like air travel, helicopters. So in other words, they didn't want filming overhead in Melbourne because the Victorian police have been steadily ramping up what they're doing every single day. So I think it's twofold. I think number one, it's because they want to be able to paint a narrative that the protesters are doing the wrong thing. Yep and you can't do that unless if there's, if there's blatant evidence that they're not doing the wrong thing, you can't paint that yeah. narrative. Number two, it could potentially be trying to cover up some of the overreaching techniques that you're seeing from the police.
1: Number three, it's to downplay the numbers.
0: So they'll say they, there's yes. a couple of hundred uh, protesters, yeah. and
1: we're watching these things, and this is how I liken it, right? When you see these waves and waves and waves of people, mm-hmm. a great way, I think, to estimate the, the, the numbers is to think about when you go to a football game and they say there's 35,000 people here. Mm. And then when you walk out, what does that look like? Mm. Okay? Yeah, that's a good point. So you go, okay, there's 35,000 people. Okay, does this look like that? Or does it look like the 200 people that gathered, that the media said? Mm -hmm. There was a 1,000 people
0: that gathered. And do you know why that is important? Is It literally links back to the story you said at the beginning of this podcast when you were at the gym. There was you and a girl at the gym. And she looked at you going, are we going to not do our cardio? Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah. Because
0: we're, we're pack creatures. We're yeah. social creatures. So we look to each other for guidance. So what the media is trying to do is to try to show you uh, that there are less people out there. Because if you know that there's thousands of people out there who think the same way, you might start going, fuck, I wonder why they think that way. Yeah. Maybe I should ask them. Yeah. But if they go, oh, there's only 200 anti-vax, pack. neo-Nazi yeah crackpots out there on the streets, yeah. then you go, oh, those stupid protesters, they're the ones out there spreading COVID. You should arrest them. It becomes very easy to vilify. That's right. So it's been troubling this week. And even to the point where yesterday, and this is where the social media companies come into it, somehow the, the government and Victoria Police has been able to get Facebook and Instagram to agree to block live feeds from Melbourne. So wow. you, you can no longer go on Instagram Live in Melbourne. So how is that for anyone's safety?
1: Um, maybe we do need to get TikTok. Maybe. Because that clip that we saw was a TikTok one.
0: Yeah, well... And Australia the thing doesn't is... have a great relationship with China to be able to ask them to switch it <laughs> off. <laughs> now, yeah, it's a really good point, actually. Uh, but... There is nothing so the clip that we saw, obviously, there's nothing to stop you from recording and then sending it or posting it to YouTube or something later on. You just can't go live. Now, why is that important? Because you see this over and over again in in history, but also it's such a technique that used all the time at the moment, where whoever gets the news story out first, if you throw the mud, some of it sticks. And even in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, a lot of time that initial feeling doesn't go away. And we've spoken I think the about the thing
1: is it pays it pays to be first, not right.
0: Yes. So we've spoken about that phenomenon on the podcast many times before. When so like you were saying, the clip that everyone saw was the guy kicking the dog. Yeah. Right? So everyone goes, these protesters are disgusting because we all know as human beings, kicking a dog is disgusting. But that's the only clip that, that they showed.
1: They still show the horse punch.
0: Yeah, I know, and and so yeah, horse punch uh, clip, which was a guy just pushing the horse's face away from him yeah. because he had a mounted police officer riding his horse into him, yeah. which has gone to court, which he's been cleared of, but they don't they don't go into the court case. Yeah, where was the where was the. Um... Closure in the yeah. mainstream
1: media of that case because they were out for this guy's head. That's they right, everyone. They're going to be charged to fullest extent of the yeah. law, which is true. And I believe everyone should be charged. That's right. If you do the wrong extent thing, of the law, if, if you, do you do the wrong thing, thing. that's right. But where, did they ever say, hey, you know that guy that we said that mm. you know, and we showed everywhere, and we use everyone to get amped up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was cleared of that because there was nothing wrong because yeah. of these live
0: videos That's and right. things like that. And so another interesting example to me was the way the media portrayed the protesters being at the War Memorial. Yeah. So the all the stories that night when the protesters were at the War Memorial was that they were desecrating a sacred site, that the Anzacs who fought for their rights would be disgusted in their behaviour, that they left litter and everything everywhere and it's disgusting. Well, real Rookshan... Was there and actually posted a clip of it when the police arrived. So there was protesters on the uh, on the monument, and a massive line of riot police armed with guns with rubber bullets converged on them and shot rubber bullets at the protesters. Mm. The protesters had to scram because they were being shot at yeah. by the police that are supposed to be protecting them, and this is all under the public safety. Stuff which is supposed to be for our own safety. So we're shooting rubber bullets at citizens for protesting for our safety. So do you think that if you were having rubber bullets shot at you, would you stop to pick up your litter before running? Yeah. Probably not.
1: The clip that I saw as well is that, that wave coming in was like the formation that they moved in at mm. was not as a... Uh, if they would... They really converged on that location. That's right. Yeah, yeah yeah and I, I let me say this too I I actually I have zero blame associated with any of the police that are involved there nope. have been there have been let me finish there yep. have been some things that have been done incorrectly there' have mm. been some abuses you know spraying that lady on the, on the ground yeah but at the same time I understand it is an extremely heightened mm. uh, situation yeah. And you are in that fight mode. For sure. There's no there's no option for flight. I mean, yes. Your your job is to be like is to uh, uh, ma- uh, manage a riot. That's effectively. right. Effectively. So I understand there are going to be casualties on both sides. and I don't mean death casualties. But yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, don't misunderstand me. But there are going to be things that definitely do not happen, and I don't want to necessarily vilify these individuals mm. that have done that, especially because they've been forced.
0: Yeah, and look, I understand that they are caught between a rock and a hard place because they've got a job to do and they're being ordered to do a certain thing. Yeah. I also understand there are the the majority of people are inherently good. There are bad eggs on both sides For sure. who are making this problem far worse than it needs to be. Yeah,
1: but also it it's just being used as a tool from both sides For sure. to to blow it up. Yeah.
0: Whereas... But the key is balance. Yeah. And this is why we we're, we're saying what we're saying is there is no balanced reporting in the mainstream media of what is going on. All that is being reported is that these protesters are neo-Nazis, anti-vaxxers, they are, and when they use that language, it is to dehumanise these people yeah. in your eyes. They want you to look at these people like they're animals so that when the riot police treat them like animals, you go, yep, that's justified. Yeah. They're keeping us safe. I was it's not,
1: triggered when a lot of the... The pundits that they spoke to were calling these these pe- the tradies dumb. Mm-hmm. They're too stupid to understand how like what they're doing and rah rah. rah. And yeah. I, I was like, whoa whoa! Did you build the studio that you're? Yeah, um, that's right. You know that that you're in an absolute disrespect for humanity. Mm. Uh, it was disgusting. Yeah, and what, like, what would a two week media shutdown look like? Be great. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know? you know, do you think they would change their tune if they would if they were taken off the job and said
0: no more? Like you're done. Yeah, look, possibly. Um, I mean, you, you're seeing that as it hits different industries with things like mandates and stuff like that, then those industries are then reacting, and it's what what is what is important. So, um, I've had conversations about this in the past. I can't remember I've spoken about it on the pod, but there, there's a leadership principle which is at play here, and the leadership principle is this: leaders are really, really important when it comes to making real change but they're not actually the most important person when it comes to making real change. Because there is the leader, the most important person is the first follower. Because the first follower is the one who actually makes everyone else realize that this lead is not crazy and that maybe they they should be. They validate, that's the word I was looking for. They validate the position of the leader. So this first follower is extremely important. What the media is doing is trying to prevent people from becoming the first follower. Yeah, because they they use all the oldest tricks in the book. Um, ex, uh, if inflammatory names, mm-hmm. so trigger names, conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat, anti vaxxer all inflammatory Neo-Nazi. names. Neo-Nazi. Neo-Nazis. Yeah, that's right-wing
1: extremists. Yep.
0: The second thing they use is ridicule. They they ridicule people so that anyone who's teetering on the fence, they're like. I don't want to be labelled a dumb tradie. Yeah, like I'm not dumb. I'm a smart person. I'll just go with the crowd then. Yeah. So they're they're trying to prevent these first followers mm. from stepping forward and validating the leaders. And what's going to be very interesting is in the aftermath of this uh, situation, because there will be an aftermath. This will not go on forever we'll look back on this and we will look at some of these people who went first and we will go thank you yeah thank you for standing up for our rights thank you for standing up for our our rights to choose yeah. with with basic you know basic human rights the, the right to choose whether or not you have a medical procedure to participate in a society that your taxes go towards anyway yeah thank you for actually standing up and doing something and what a lot of people they, maybe they inherently understand it, but they don't realize it until it happens. Uh, this is a line from Harry Potter. I've just watched the recent series of Harry Potter. And I was about to call him Gandalf. Dumbledore, at one point, says to Harry, uh, at, a, at a certain point, you'll come to a time when you need to make a decision between doing what is right and doing what is easy.
1: Yeah.
0: We're at that point. And doing what is right is not, at the moment, socially acceptable. Yep it is not promoted, yep. it is not glorified. Uh, glorified, doing what is easy is. Yeah. So as we've spoken about on the pod many times before, generally things that are easy or pleasurable to do are bad for you. Yeah. Generally things that are difficult or push you are good for you, like exercise, eating well, etc., if you find that you're in a position where you, you're, like, take a step back. Think, am I being asked to make a decision between doing what's right and doing what is easy? And if you're taking the easy way out, look, fair enough. But maybe just instead of adding fuel to the fire by, you know, adding to the the social negative talk of these people, just maybe take a step out of the debate. Show some empathy. Show some empathy. Because you've got Ask to... yourself if
1: you would have been at the apartheid... Uh, rallies, you know, given the hindsight.
0: That's right. And you've got to ask yourself this, how is it, like, why is it that there are people showing up? This is the fifth day in a row now of people showing up when they know that police are going to shoot rubber bullets at them and arrest them. Yeah. Why do they feel so strongly about it? Yeah. Because it's not just because they're crazy. It's not because they want mayhem. It's because they're people who have had enough and they're standing up for their rights. And
1: it's... Uh, I, I saw a clip of one of the one of the tradies apologising yeah. that they that but they, they didn't s-
0: stand up earlier when everyone else was being affected.
1: Yeah, 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 and it was and this is something you had mentioned is like very early on in this. A lot of these people won't care until it affects them. Yeah, but then it's too late. Mm-hmm. So the the idea and the reason why we talk about it here and we are relatively <laughs> unaffected. Mm. But we've got friends that are directly That's right. affected. And
0: I just care about i care about the country. And I've got one child and I've got another child on the way. And I, so in my opinion, I've got skin in the game. This is not just about this situation. This is about the future of our country, the future of the, the world that we leave to our children. It is, it is really interesting to me the amount of people who go hard out on the pro, we need to stop climate change bus because we need to leave the world as a better place, who are then also like fuck the protesters, they're anti-vaxxers.
1: Yeah. Um, they want to cover their faces up and their kids' faces up so they can't sit
0: like, through Yeah, it is, it like is so confusing to me to see that people are being hoodwinked to being like... If you're, if you're concerned about climate change, fair enough. Like, you're worried about leaving a better planet for, for mm. the people that come after you. That is a good thing. But climate change is one issue. Uh, we're, we're literally in a point where... So I, I've seen news stories from America... There are calls to put sanctions on Australia yeah. at the moment. Yeah,
1: I read the artic- uh, an article yesterday. About
0: yeah, there there are actual calls by senators in America to put sanctions on Australia because of the inhumane treatment and unconstitutional treatment of our, of the people.
1: Yeah, and that's why we want some internationals. If you've heard any of this kind yeah. of stuff, or you're being exposed to any of this kind of stuff, like what is the what is the the word on the on the street? Yeah, overseas about about us. Mm. And I know people, a lot of people are like, oh, we don't care. You know, we don't care what other people think. But mm. we're stuck in it. And sometimes you need to actually view it from outside to see how ridiculous or insane something.
0: Yeah, that's right. Really and goes. I mean, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? Like, yeah. you, look at, you look at Victoria and just as a... Like, Victoria this week got the record of being the most locked down state on the planet. Yeah. The most locked down state on the planet. How the case is going, up. Mm. So it's not worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in in, so when we look at political leaders, what does a leader do? A leader gives us the direction that we're going. But we would hope that a leader, because they're the ones we've entrusted with bringing us forward, would realize when a plan's not working and potentially deviate from that plan. Now, this is a perfect segue into the next part of this discussion. Because there are some leaders in the world who have deviated from the plan. (laughs) And this is why I said a namaste to our Indian brothers and sisters who they are the real leaders, as far as I can see, and maybe... In, in, sorry, as far as the data can see. As far as the data can see. Uh, and, and it's not even like... It's, it's not even like... A, it's kind of by chance. So, sorry, let me explain what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, here. Yeah. In, so, if you guys remember back towards the beginning of the year, April, May... All we saw on TV was how uh, destroyed India was getting by Delta.
1: Bodies burning in the streets. Bodies burning in the streets. We've mentioned
0: it many times on this podcast. And before I continue with this, you will also notice you no longer hear about India on the news. (laughs) You haven't heard about India (laughs) on the news in literally months. And this is the reason why. In May, India made a decision because they they were trying to do the vaccine rollout. So remember, they asked. They asked
1: to have effectively the recipe to produce their own versions of it, and they were told, "No, no, that's right."
0: Because, and again, we've mentioned it a few times, but for new for new viewers, what you need to understand is the majority of the vaccines in wide circulation have come from American companies. When they were formed, the American government has the power to veto patent protections on those products when there is an emergency. Pretty sure it's an emergency and therefore give the recipe out to manufacturers all over the world who could be producing these vaccines. The entire world could be vaccinated 6 months ago if they had done that. Yeah, so
1: if you if you were pro 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 this vax, yeah. if you're pro this vax, you should be disgusted. That's right. That like if if this vaccine, if you truly believe that this vaccine is the thing that's going to get the mm-hmm. world out of this, you should be disgusting and lobbying against mm. the powers that stopped the recipe from being given out to the world.
0: That's right. So they, they, and Bill Gates
1: is involved in that too, by the way.
0: Yeah, because he created the COVAX scheme, which is also not working. Because yeah. the whole point of the COVAX scheme was supposed to be rich nations got access to the vaccine first because they paid for everything. Then once they were fully vaccinated, they would then pay for more doses, which they would then donate to poorer and middle-income countries. Yep. Now, as you'll see in the news and our media, the rich countries are talking about booster shots. Which means they're then hogging the yeah. vaccines, which could be given out to other the poorer countries. So the COVAX scheme has not worked. That was the sales pitch to to keep the patent protections and uh, look at the profit margins of all the vaccine companies yeah. going through the roof. Now, India. So back in May, they made a choice because the thing is, you got to remember, there's what, a billion people that live in India? Yeah. Uh, relatively poor country compared to us and mm-hmm. the US, etc. So I'm pretty sure our initial uh, agreement with Pfizer was $20 was the cost per vaccine. Yeah. And you got to think two two shots was the original sales pitch. Yeah. So it's $40 per person. Yeah, they said it was just from memory. They said it was two and then it was done, right? Yeah, they did say that at the beginning. They yeah, also okay. said they that it was stop spread. So, yeah. Um, well, they didn't say it. The media said it. The media said it. So I'll get back to that. But so you got to think. So for a country with a population of a billion people, two... Va- uh, so a dose of one one dose of the vaccine, so a billion people, it's $20 billion. Yeah. Two doses to be fully vaccinated, it's $40 billion yeah. for a country like India. They couldn't afford it. So they had to try to find a different solution. So even at this date, uh, the number of people who've had at least one dose of the vaccine in India is 14%. Mm. Back in May, they made a decision to go against the World Health Organization's guidelines and they started treating COVID patients completely differently and a lot of data is coming out about this now
1: so let me put a pause here first let, let me say explain what happens in australia when you get a positive test
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so this is what we do so yeah so consider consider our situation at the moment where we are being told every day this is the most deadly virus that we've seen in 100 years and we need to give up all of our personal liberties to protect ourselves from this virus. We so need to
1: lock down. You need to stay at home. Yep. You need to wear a mask. You need, to, um, you, you need to go get vaccinated. Social distancing. You need to social distance. You need to
0: shut your business. Yeah. So what we do is you go on, when you've got symptoms, you go and get tested. And then a day or two later, you get a text message saying you've tested positive for COVID-19. You need to isolate for 14 days. If you get really bad, go to a hospital. That's the medical care.
1: Okay. Okay. So for the craziest thing that we've, this world has ever seen, or has seen for a hundred years, yeah, the remedy is if you are if you are infected mm-hmm. with this
0: deadly, massively deadly, uh, deadly virus, mm-hmm. is to go home. Is to go home, and you don't even get a call from a doctor. It's yep. go home, self isolate, and no medicines.
1: I was trying to find some evidence of what happens in in quarantine, mm-hmm. and I found a couple of people that got that tested positive that. Got stuck and I said, were you contacted? No. Yeah.
0: Nothing. No, you just get a text message. Yeah. So so that's that's the That's what we do in the developed world. That's right. That is the level of our medical care. And all we talk about all, all day is pressure on the hospital system mm. and ICU beds and blah blah blah. But we give no early intervention treatment to anyone. Nothing. No, so nothing. let's go to the poor country, relatively poor country of India, with a billion people in it. And I'll single out Uttar Pradesh, because Uttar Pradesh, the, the state went the hardest early because there were some states that bucked the World Health Organization or some states that didn't. Uttar Pradesh went the hardest. Uttar Pradesh has a population, one state of 204 million people. Uh And Uttar Pradesh is one of many states in India who changed their treatment uh, of COVID. And this is what they did. For a start, they only did targeted testing. So the testing numbers have stayed about the same. But what... In, again poor country not rich like us can't afford to test every single person if they've been near someone that sneezed last Tuesday Yeah. so they did targeting test, targeted testing what does that mean they only tested people who had symptoms then if you tested positive for COVID you were told to isolate and a physician visits your house and drops off a medicine pack for you and the members of the household and what is in the medicine so the medicine pack has got multiple items in it ivermectin is in there Horse paste. <laughs> doxycycline. Now, doxycycline is interesting because doxycycline has not had, shown to have any benefit towards COVID at all, but it's an antibacterial drug. So they're giving it to people to stop potential secondary bacterial infections yep. from worsening their condition. So, ivermectin, doxycycline, they've also got zinc, so just the vitamin, zinc, or oh, well, mineral, zinc, vitamin D3, vitamin C, a thermometer. And I can't remember what the word is for it—a
1: uh, 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 blood oxygen saturation meter. Yeah.
0: So uh, it's it's a it's a thing that you can use to check your oxygen saturation levels. Yeah. So you're you're given all that stuff. So you have to take it. It's prescribed to you, and the rest of your household has to take it. The cost of that pack is two dollars sixty-five. Yep. <laughs> per person. Right. And we're talking about vaccines, two doses, twenty dollars per dose, of forty dollars. Our tests are a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So then, this is what happens next. Now, this is in a state of 204 million people, if we're talking about Uttar Pradesh, but this is happening all over India, in a poor country. The physician... saying it's poor, it's not that poor. Relatively compared to us. Yes. I'm going to per capita. Sorry, yeah, per capita. A physician calls you twice a day mm. to check your temperature, to check your oxygen saturation levels, and to make sure that you are taking your, uh, your medication correctly. Yeah. Twice a day. They call you twice a day. Now, this happened back in... To be in... fair, they
1: do have the call centres.
0: <laughs> Great call. Did you write that one before you came on? No. <laughs> so, so, yeah. If you go back to May and the best thing to do, just jump on Google and just Google COVID-19 cases and deaths, they've got graphs. You can look up every country on the planet. And this yep. is from Google. This is in the ecosystem that we've warned you to get out of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you, we already think these, these guys are one-sided, but even their one-sidedness can't It deny- paints a very clear picture.
0: <laughs> now, this is what I want you to understand. 204 million people in one state. I've said it before. In Australia, it's the most populated states that have been hit the hardest. Yep. So it's New South Wales, it's Victoria. India's got 204 million people in one state. Their seven-day death average, as of today, zero deaths from COVID-19. Mm. Zero deaths. New South Wales is doing, what, five death, deaths with COVID a day, yeah. roughly? Yeah. Zero deaths in a in state 200. of 204 million people. Now, one thing I'll say of the caveats. Again, not doctors, not telling you I've made them works, blah, blah, blah. We don't even tell patients to take vitamins yeah there is all the evidence in the world about how zinc vitamin d3 and vitamin c supports immunity at the very least the text message could say go and buy some of that shit and take it my nurse friend in america
1: who's got he's had covid for the second time
0: yeah all he does is take vitamin c yeah there you go and he's a nurse <laughs> and yeah. and so you guys know what's happening in America. Uh, all you need to do if you test positive and you work in a hospital is isolate for ten days, and then you can go back to work. Yeah, if you're vaccinated, they don't even test. you. They don't test you, so that and that's where all the spreads coming from. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. What, what? So, so okay. So the big, the big thing that I got out of it, which which I'm massively triggered by, is that we consider ourselves to be a first world country, mm-hmm. the smartest cats on the planet. Mm-hmm taking advice from the bigger dogs, America, the UK, right? And we're saying it's science-backed. What we're doing is science-backed. Trust the science. We keep hearing this every single day. Trust the science. Yet for the deadliest disease Mm -hmm. that has ravaged our world for a 100 years, our strat, go home, Mm -hmm. right, for two weeks. That's our strategy. And get the jab. And get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. India, we will vaccinate you if you want it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But how about we treat people with yeah. the deadliest virus that's ever ravaged the earth for a right. hundred years? We'll treat you early with these. Sorry, how expensive are these things? Uh, Two dollars sixty-five. per We person. pay hundred dollars for tests. So, yeah. so how many how many of these uh, medical kits could we get for for the value of one test that's not needed to be done here? Heaps. Heaps <laughs> right. Okay, so so if if that's if that is not troubling to you, mm. uh, are we going to talk about Doctor John
0: Campbell? Uh, we we can get to that, but um, well, in regards to yeah yeah, there's a few yeah. more things I want to say okay. before we move on. So the at the very at the very least, one thing that I think we can all agree on is the fact that in a very smart, rich society like our own, the fact that we offer zero medical care to people before they hit a hospital is it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, uh, in In every other medical condition, like, why do we do breast screening? Why do we do screening for cervical cancer? Why do we tell guys to go and get their prostates checked? It's because if you get to it early, you get better outcomes. Now, in the deadliest virus in history, we don't even tell people to take vitamins. So, there's a problem there. So, secondly, I'm going to bring up, I brought up the TGA's restrictions on doctors prescribing ivermectin, which came out on the 10th. But I didn't actually go through. This is this is a lesson for all of you. I saw the the top sec the top paragraph of the release. I didn't actually go through the reasons why they've actually restricted doctors from being able to prescribe ivermectin.
1: So we spoke about this a couple of episodes ago, where it's it appears from a time frame uh, from a time. Timing point of view, mm-hmm. that the TGA restricted the use of ivermectin for COVID nineteen in Australia because of Joe Rogan's podcast. That's right. So or Joe his post
0: his post. So his post came out and said ivermectin was one of a cocktail of drugs mm. that he took early, as soon as he was diagnosed with COVID, and then he was over COVID in five days. Yeah. And then we went down the horse paste extravaganza on on the uh, mainstream media. So a- again, if you still if you still trust everything that the mainstream media says to you and you listened to a report that said that uh, ivermectin is animal drugs, you have you fallen for the dumbest
1: joke. Yeah, like yeah. like you've fallen for the dumbest thing ever.
0: But this is even dumber. Yeah. So this is the TJ, This is the Therapeutic Goods Administration, and I'm going to read this directly from their uh, report or their press release, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes sure. on YouTube, so you can go and read it yourself. But these are their reasons why. They've got three reasons they've listed of why they have restricted doctors from prescribing ivermectin in Australia. Firstly, there are a number of significant public health risks associated with taking ivermectin in an attempt to prevent COVID-19 infection rather than getting vaccinated. Individuals who believe that they are protected from infection by taking ivermectin may choose not to get tested or to seek medical care if they experience symptoms. Doing so has the potential to spread the risk of COVID-19 infection throughout the community. So, let's unpack that statement.
1: That is, the, like, so freaking crazy. Nah, it gets
0: better. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: but even at that, that is mental. Let's break it down. Let's yeah, break it down. so let's let's
0: unpack that statement. There's a few, there's a few key things in there. Number one, the, the reason, the first reason, so we talk about this in sales all the time, first thing out of people's mouths, usually what's most important to them. Yep. The first reason they state people shouldn't take ivermectin to prevent COVID is because then they won't get vaccinated. Yeah. So they, they've they not talked about the efficacy of the drug, the safety of the drug. They've literally just said, we don't want you to take this because then you won't take this. Because notice the
1: theme. Our whole theme is not about safety. It's about the vaccine. It's about worldwide. getting vaccinated. Anything that gets in the way of rolling out mm-hmm. the, vaccin- uh, the vaccination of Australia is capped, and here is an example.
0: So then, they go on to say that one of the reasons it's problematic is that if people are taking it and feel like they are protected from COVID-19, if they develop symptoms, they won't go and get tested. It says they may not go get tested. Yeah, so they may not get tested, and they may not seek medical care. Seems like a wild assumption. It is a very wild assumption, and you could possibly extend that assumption to anyone who's taken the vaccine who would assume assume (laughs) that they are protected from the virus. Well, is the vaccine for the
1: virus? Oh well, yeah, funny that. Why? Yeah. Why people would think that? Yeah, I would just say I would argue that more people would think that they were uh, protected, protected from the virus because yeah. of the vaccination. Yeah, rather for than the virus. rather than the
0: horse paste. Yeah. So that's that's reason number one because you because you potentially won't get vaccinated and you potentially because you're an idiot for taking it you potentially won't seek medical care or get yeah. tested if even if you develop symptoms yeah. you'll just die at home. Secondly, this is great. Now remembering. This is this is the restrictions on doctors prescribing ivermectin. You need to yeah, not that's a key us. point, yeah, yeah, doctors. Secondly, the doses of ivermectin that are being advocated for use in unreliable social media posts and other sources for COVID nineteen are significantly higher than those approved and found safe for scabies or parasite treatment. These higher doses can be associated with serious adverse effects, including severe nausea, vomiting, dizziness neurological effects such as dizziness, seizures, and coma. Which, can I can only say, most of those are, let, are, 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 are better than the, the vaccine yeah. adverse reactions, well, not just stated on the packet. Well, death isn't even listed there. You've well, yeah, you know, had nine deaths from AstraZeneca, but they've at least called nine deaths yeah, on AstraZeneca. We, we know how many people have
1: died after 3.5 billion doses of ivermectin. Yeah.
0: Uh, So let's unpack that. So the reason why they are saying doctors aren't allowed to prescribe medication to you... Sorry, you all know this because this is what the news said.
1: Yeah. This part you know.
0: Yeah. The reason why doctors can't prescribe you a medication, and when they prescribe it to you, they tell you how much to take, dosages, etc. The reason why they can't prescribe you a medication is because there are unreliable social media posts out there telling you to take too much...
1: Yeah, so I know
0: whenever I go see
1: my doctor, what she does is she goes, she pulls, so she'll find out that. Um, I need antibiotics and she pulls her phone out, goes to Instagram and searches the hashtag amoxicillin um, um, uh, dosage and pushes enter and then just whatever the first meme comes up. That's that's right. That's what
0: she prescribes to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, my doctor doesn't do that. My doctor actually gives me a a proper prescription, but then I ignore that and I go home and I go searching on social media for myself to find the one that says, if you take more of it, it's better. Yeah. So doctors can't prescribe it because of social media posts.
1: So doctors are being lumped in with dumb tradies now too? Yeah. Too dumb to be able to do well, the job?
0: Well, as we spoke about last week, there's a lot of doctors speaking out against this. Like, how many years of medical training have they had to go through to, to get to a point where they can prescribe something? And now they're like, uh, now you're saying that I can't do my job and care for my patient because of social media posts. And I'd also
1: argue you could replace, you could replace, the, in that statement, you could replace ivermectin With any item Mm. in the world, sugar, water, you could read the same thing again. If you take two higher doses,
0: you could get issues. Paracetamol, ibuprofen, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, anything. So they've said it's dangerous because of the high levels that are on some unreliable social media posts. That's right. Finally... There has been a three- to four-fold increased dispensing of ivermectin prescriptions in recent months, leading to national and local shortages for those who need the medicine for scabies and parasite infections. So, just before I continue, one thing I'm going to say to the doctors out there who've been prescribing ivermectin, good on you. Yeah, good on you. It is believed that this is due to recent prescribing and dispensing for unapproved uses such as COVID-19. Such shortages can disproportionately impact vulnerable people, including those in Aboriginal and Torres Strait well, Islander communities. Taking over is racist. Yeah, exactly. So And horses. And think <laughs> yeah. about all the horses are missing. That's right, they didn't even mention the they horses. We've got these scaby ridden horses <laughs> riding around. And our
1: horse industry has not closed.
0: Yeah, so so, so uh, what, what did we say earlier in this podcast? Uh, a India, a country of a billion people in it, is giving out doses of ivermectin as part of a medicine pack where it is one of five to six different interventions that they're giving out the cost of $2.65 per person. India produces ivermectin by the ton. Yeah. If Australia wanted to get a billion doses of ivermectin, they could order it and have it here in two weeks' time. Yeah. That... Let me repeat the three reasons. Firstly, we don't want you to take ivermectin because you won't get vaccinated. Secondly, we don't want doctors to be able to prescribe ivermectin because you'll go on social media and read posts that tell you to take more, and that's potentially dangerous. Thirdly, there is a shortage of ivermectin, so we don't want you to disproportionately affect Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, even though we can get billions of these tablets tomorrow if we wanted to. That's but the it's case. for your so that safety. Is, that's the
1: TGA, That's
0: that a therapeutic the Therapeutic Goods Administration.
1: Yeah, the okay, Therapeutic so if, Goods if that's Administration. Not, if that is not the reddest flag you've ever seen in your life, I don't know what is. Yeah. Now on the safety efficacy. Mm-hmm. So Jason got me on a couple. Oh, you've been watching him for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you? Mm. And we believe we are very balanced. Mm-hmm. We don't just completely red pill and go mm-hmm. down that rabbit hole and just find data that supports us. That's right. That's why we've always reverted back to the actual studies, not people's perception of studies. Yep. That's why, and we've also exposed ourselves to the other side. So, Jason found a guy absolutely pro, 100% yeah. vaccinated.
0: Dr. John Campbell, he's a doctor from the UK, he's got a YouTube channel, he's got he, a does, great channel. he does talks every single day. And I literally started watching this dude six months ago because he was 100% pro-vaccination. And obviously, the uh, the UK's vaccination rollout was a lot quicker than the rest of the world. Mm. So I watched his channel every single day because I wanted him to convince me, based on the data that they're seeing out of the UK, that it was the right thing to do. I'm literally exposing myself to that to try to see all the benefits of it. So he... I watched his one this morning.
1: Mm -hmm. And... He put up the adverse reactions, the deaths caused by drugs. And he, he said, this is where you can go to this website. Mm. It's got every single drug on here. Here's how, how to use the website. This mm-hmm. is what to search to get the vaccination adverse reactions. So he pulled up, the vac- in, in response to vaccinations for COVID-19, mm-hmm. 2.4 million deaths or adverse reactions listed
0: mm-hmm.
1: on that website.
0: And he goes, look, I just want to hear some reference. Amoxicillin, which is an antibiotic. So amoxicillin, as the name suggests, is is a form of penicillin, which we've been using since the nineteen forties. I think was first released. Right. I've yeah. had I've had amoxicillin three times this year, so it's no hate because of because uh, of we've probably everyone here has probably
1: had amoxicillin. Yeah. Okay. That had one hundred and thirty five thousand adverse reactions. Uh, uh, recorded. Yeah. And that was released in like like I said, about 1940. Yeah, and when was the
0: vac- the vac- the first vaccine was was it April? Uh well, the first vaccines in Australia were done at the end of February. Yeah. The first actual vaccinations done globally were December last year. Okay. And the reason why I remember that so acutely is because Joe Biden got vaccinated in December last year. Then when he came into office on the 20th of January this year, he claimed that there was no vaccine available until he got into office. (laughs) Because he'd forgotten he had it a month before. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. man.
1: So... You know the thing. Yeah. um, The... And then for reference, he put ivermectin. Yeah, the ivermectin adverse reaction, and he wrote. Uh, I, I actually love his. I love his layout of his channel because he's got some screen feed mm-hmm. that we would. I would like us to advance to eventually. Yeah, but he also runs like an old school, almost like an overhead projector type thing where he. he yeah, it's he'll, good. Yeah, he'll print out a piece of paper and he'll tick it because he's an older, older, older bloke. But mm-hmm. I actually really like it. Adverse reactions for ivermectin that have been given three point five billion doses. Mm.
0: It's been around for decades 1978 was yep. when it was first prescribed to human beings TGA approval in 2013 mm-hmm. right uh, Ivermectin is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines
1: yeah 5400 yeah so let me I'll say that again Ivermectin 5400 adverse reactions in 3.5 mm-hmm. million do- a billion, billion doses
0: billion doses Amoxicillin
1: 135000 adverse reactions in, in decades of of, um, yep. of use of use not even 12 months of use of... Of COVID of vaccines. COVID vaccines.
0: Yep.
1: 2.2 million. Yeah. Sorry, 2.4 million ad- adverse reac- yep. reactions. And
0: and those are the ones that are reported yep. as well. Because uh, yep. there has been some more media that has come out this week, which has exposed some issues in the American hospital system of the lack of reporting of adverse events. Yep. And...
1: We know of anecdotally of some people that have not put down an adverse reaction and, and had an adverse
0: event. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and you guys would know it too. You guys would know someone who has had the jab and has had an adverse event. And if you ask them, did you call a doctor and report it afterwards? Oh no, 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 I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So you know full well that the, the the amount of adverse events being reported are not are not accurate. Mm. Now, here is something else I want to say about ivermectin. because uh, I've been I've been I did some digging. Obviously, when all when all the stuff on the TGA came out, I did some digging around. So. Ivermectin has not just been shown to work by India. Uh, There's the um, frontline COVID critical care alliance out of America that's been using it. Dr. Pierre Corey and his team have been advocating for it for months. Uh, I think it was six or eight months ago, he literally testified in front of Congress talking about how they should be using it. And that testimony was banned from YouTube because you weren't allowed to talk about Ivermectin. So he's he's testifying under oath in Congress about this drug. He's a frontline health physician who has used it successfully, and that video of his testimony was pulled off for medical misinformation. Because it will stop the rollout. That's right. Now, there's a couple things to this. For a start, April 2020, and I don't have the exact details off the top of my head, but I can find them, and I can put another link, and it's probably going to be a lot of show notes from this one. Uh, there was a university in Australia that was doing tests on uh, ivermectin in vitro and found that ivermectin had uh, killed COVID cells within 48 hours. Mm. That was in April last year, and then that stopped. I also came across this report. So this is the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare document, and it's titled Potential Medicines to Treat COVID-19. And the date is the 5th of June, 2020. And on the front page, the table of contents, it's got a whole list of potential treatments for COVID-19. So I'll go through a couple. So And they've got it in different um, categories. So they've got... The first category is monoclonal ad- antibodies. And that's something that you've heard a lot out of the United States yep. that they've been using successfully. That was part of Rogan's... Uh, yeah, that was the, part the, of The his... Rogan cocktail. Yeah, and as, as, they go through... They go through a whole bunch of, of the actual names for so them. I'm not going to bother reading them out. But monoclonal antibodies, uh, they've got other immunosuppressants, they've got antiretrovirals, they've got antivirals. So one of, the, one of the listed drugs in the antivirus is remdesivir, which is what we currently use in Australian hospitals. Yeah. Okay. Now, remdesivir, new drug, only came out, I think, last year, $3,000 treatment, so they reserve it for people that are extremely sick from yeah. COVID because it's a cost issue. Uh, Just in, don't do 300 tests Or 30 tests Yeah It pays for it In anti-malarials They've got hydroxychloroquine Which if you guys will remember That was one of the drugs That Trump took In his cocktail 74 yeah. year old Donald Trump Eats burgers every day Who kicked COVID In like three days Or whatever I it was Can tell you
1: why That's been bounced Because I, I, I watched The whole thing on this Okay So hydroxychloroquine Does one really awesome thing In mm-hmm. terms of how uh, COVID enters the system Okay But Once it's in it, No no But there's a a secondary way that it can enter mm-hmm. that it does nothing for. Okay. Yeah. So it, 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 it's really good blocking it in one way, mm. but it leaves the side gate open.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, and which is why most of like what India's done and what Pierre Corey has long advocated for it. There's no one side, like one yeah. single thing that yeah. kills this. Yeah. It's a multi-prong it's, approach. That's which right. Which is what we've been saying. And if you go down to the antimicrobial section, they've listed Ivermectin. Horse based. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's ridiculous. This isn't for horses. <laughs> I did check. So if you go down to page 24, which is the ivermectin page, and I'll post a link so you guys can actually read it. Um, oh, yeah, so here you go. Here's, got, here's the information. So it's got all of the, um, the brands that originally created the... got the indications. And then it says here, A collaborative study published on the 3rd of April 2020 has shown that the antiparasitic drug ivermectin stopped the SARS-CoV-2 virus growing in cell culture within 48 hours. The study is led by the Monash Biomedicine Discovery Institute with the Peter Doherty Institute of Infection and Immunity, which is the Doherty Institute. Is that where the Doherty modelling comes from? Mm. A joint venture of the University of Melbourne and Royal Melbourne Hospital. While ivermectin is widely used with a well-documented safety profile...
1: The safest, one of the safest...
0: Drugs. Investigators caution that they need to establish if the dosage that can be safely uh, be, key, be used in, safely in humans will be effective to treat those with COVID-19. Uh, it does go on to be quite long there. And they do literally say, just because it worked in vitro sure. doesn't necessarily mean it works in human beings. Yep. But when you hear ivermectin brought up in the media... Every media person points to one trial they did on ivermectin, which showed that on severely ill COVID patients, it did next to nothing. Yeah. And that's the justification that is used to not roll out ivermectin. At and all. my argument to that is, have someone that's at the same state and inject them with Pfizer and what would happen? Yeah. yeah, Nothing. Nothing. Like, you, the whole point of vaccination is to get your immune response working. Yeah. So if you've already got the virus, the your immune response is already working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So and that was one thing I was critical of right from the beginning, where we all, we had a global pandemic. At the time that we were even talking vaccination, you've got millions of people worldwide who've already been affected with the disease, and essentially we wrote them off by saying vaccination's the answer. Yeah. Because let's yeah. not treat these people that are already sick, let's just get everyone else vaccinated. It's not That's right. So you've written them off. So The other thing that comes out all the time when anyone actually asks a question about the effectiveness of ivermectin is they say, there's no research, there's no, you know, there's no trials, there's no this. We are 20 months into a pandemic. Within that time, we have gone from never seeing this virus before to being able to roll out mRNA vaccines, which is a technology we have never used before in a vaccine. We've been able to do enough trials to be comfortable enough to roll these vaccines out, and yet, Almost 12 months after the vaccines have rolled out, we haven't even done the trials yet on ivermectin. Yeah. Would, Is there not a public health interest in running trials on these drugs? when even Only the, if it was about health. When okay. even the Australian Commission in June 2020 was on the list of drugs they should be trialling? If you're interested in health, you yeah. do those things. Yeah. But if
1: you're only interested in a rollout of mm. the vaccine and... W- we, that sounds conspiratorial. Yeah. Listen to the news. That's right. All they say is the rollout. That's what right. What do we need to do to get the rollout? We need to. Yeah. We're obsessed with the rollout. Our whole focus is on the rollout. Mm. It's not about health. No. It's not. It's not even close.
0: And because we've said it a million times, there is no talk on lowering your body fat. There is no mm. talk on taking these immuno-supporting vitamins every day anyway mm. that you could be doing. Which so, is what I'm doing. Yeah, it's so what Zinc, i Zinc, Cursidin. Yep. I've been doing this stuff for, for months. Vitamin C. Obviously for, vitamin C, palmitate. Yeah. So obviously for me, getting sick from natal all the time, it, it really showed me the importance of taking these things, trying to lower my body fat. I've stopped drinking as much alcohol. Like I've done, I've taken measures. Yeah. Right? So, but what they're trying to say is that unless you've been vaccinated, you're literally doing nothing. And vaccination to me is a symptom of our society In that we don't want to do anything that is difficult, we just want the fix right now. So when it comes to losing weight, we want the the diet shakes, we want the fad diet, we want the you know ten minute a seven minute abs thing, right? That's what we want. We want a quick, quick solution. Yeah. So the vaccine is that quick solution. So you're being bombarded every single day. You might be an obese person and the TV is telling you every single day and the politicians on that TV are saying, if you go and get vaccinated, not only are you protected, but you're protecting your community. And then the people who are not getting vaccinated are saying, you are endangering your community. And the original thing was, you're endangering the community because you're outspreading the virus. And then we went, well... The data shows that people who are vaccinated are still spreading the virus. And they went, "Uh, yeah, you know what? You're endangering the community because you'll take up a hospital bed from someone else who needs it. Okay, well... Why have you not tried to stop any other person who would end up in hospital, ending up in hospital for their conditions, like obesity, heart disease, lung cancer from smoking, yeah. liver disease from alcohol? What, like, what about all of those people? Why we had no conversation nationally about healthy living from our government? It's just been get jabbed.
1: I heard that during the week. I heard someone talking about, oh, my friend works in a um, ICU ward and. You know they've only got thirty beds, and like they're not full now, but you know they're just really worried yeah. that that, it, that that it will be. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but I know, like I, I've got friends that are in the uh, private sector, yeah, who are ready at the like they've spent right. all the money on rigging up so that we've got that buffer when yeah. s- when stuff happens. And I like it how that that ICU bed number people are, like they think they're fixed, yeah, they're like, not. That's, the, like they're designed to 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 uh,
0: shrink or increase. That's right. As many of you, many of you who are watching this have had jobs before. And maybe you've had, like when you were a kid, maybe you've had a casual job. And what you've probably found is when there is work to be done, you get asked to come to work. When there is no more work to be done, you get sent home because then the business will save the money. Mm. Hospitals are no different. Hospitals are a very lucrative business. Now, just because you think that public hospitals are free because Medicare pays for it, Medicare pays for it. Mm. They're still a lucrative business and they still need to be run like a business. So the thing about hospital beds and ICU beds and all that shit, it is misleading the way they represent it because they say the ICU's at 95% capacity. (laughs) Every single hospital on the planet will run themselves at 95% capacity because do you know why? That means you've got 5% there if you've got emergency people coming in. And guess what? If that five percent starts taken up, what do they do? Put more staff on and open up the other available hospital beds. Yeah,
1: allocate some elective surgery stuff to ICU, which is what they're rigged up for. So they're only for electives, yeah. But they're ready at the if if tomorrow they needed uh, thirty more beds, yeah, they can do it. Exactly, exactly. And but and you know the other easiest way to get the ninety five percent number because it's so triggering. Yeah, just reduce the amount of ICU beds. Oh well, yeah. So just say, like,
0: send two people home. And if they not, if you're not using them, yeah, you just reduce them. Yeah. Because again, why would you? If you were running a small business and you knew that no, like, let's say, well, you're running a business and you knew that no customers would come to you at two o'clock in the morning, would you pay an employee to sit there and serve no customers? Yeah. No, you just you wouldn't. Um, here you go. Current hospitalisations in Australia, this is on the uh, covidlive.com.au. So this is the live data. We are are being told medical system on the brink of collapse, Mm. 95% ICU. We currently have 1,472 hospital patients with COVID-19 in Australia in total. 1,472. I've mentioned on the podcast before, in 2017-18, they did um, the, the census and listed on that was the amount of available hospital beds in public hospitals only in Australia. It's 62,000 beds. <laughs> so 62,000 minus 1,472 equals oh, just roughly 60,000 beds for everyone else to to be able to sit in you need to understand that the most powerful persuasive tool that they can use is fear, and the second most powerful is peer pressure. Mm. So they scare you into thinking the situation is worse than it is, and then they pressure you into ridiculing anyone who thinks differently about it. And we've all felt it. We've all felt it. Every single person
1: that is is watching this or listening to this, every person you've spoken to, has had that feeling.
0: Yeah, it's divide and conquer. It's yeah. the oldest trick in the book. We said we talked about it right at the beginning of this segment, where the, the the government and the media has always been very good at dividing us because if you if you're divided, you're much easier to control. And this is just the latest thing that they're dividing people on. But don't allow yourself to be divided. People are allowed to make different choices to you. So I and again, if you're someone who doesn't want to get vaccinated, don't go and tell everyone to not get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Tell everyone, do proper research. And make a proper, informed decision. Yeah. I made the point in a, in a video I posted online this week. There are two camps. There's the, the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers. The anti-vaxxers are the ones going, do your own research. So what that means is go and research things yourself and make a, an informed decision based on the research that you have seen. They're not telling you to get it. They're not telling you not to get it. Mm. Yes, there's some connotations between not, uh, toward not getting it. But they're literally saying go out and research it for yourself and make your own mm. choice. The vaccinated crew are saying, you're all tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. Go and get vaccinated. So one group is wanting totalitarian control over what someone else does to keep themselves some sort of perceived level of safe. The other group is saying, research it yourself. And I made the point this week. If you're a vaccinated person who is telling people not to do their own research because you're not qualified in medicine, because you're not a doctor, because you're not a virologist, because you're not an immunologist... Well, unless you build cars, tell your friends, oh, you going to buy a new car? Don't do any research, mate. The car dealership's the experts. Just go into the dealership, buy whatever car they want to sell you, for whatever price, and whatever price you get for your trade. Or, if they're getting a mortgage. Oh, mate, you're not not a bank, you're not a financial advisor. Just go into the bank. They're the experts in the area. Just take whatever mortgage rate they want to give you. I'd also argue, too, that the
1: people that are saying that the do-your-own-research people aren't doctors and aren't scientists... Mm. Neither also, are also, a
0: doc, not doctors or not scientists. And they
1: just did it. They just did it That's because right. the news said to do it. And
0: But do you know what else it comes down to? It is because they will feel more comfortable when things go wrong if they didn't make any of the decisions themselves. For sure. It is a handing sure. over of responsibility to, of your life to someone else yeah. because you're so scared of making your own decision that you would rather someone else fuck your life up for you yeah. and, then, and be able to blame someone for it rather than actually sitting back and going, okay, you know what? I'm concerned about this. I'm going to try to educate myself in the area and, and I'll make a, a decision on that. And if you are one of these people that have got it because you want life to get back to normal
1: mm-hmm. and it's not for safety... Yeah. you got to ask yourself if that's yeah. a smart decision. Yeah. And if, if that's, that's what you want, the promotion to your, your yeah. network... If it's because, oh, I just want to go back to normal. Let, okay, so if that if that's what you are um, stuck on, yeah. we need to make sure we're voting these political parties out that are forcing us to do it. That's right. And, and that's the problem. That's the problem. Because you're not fighting the disease now because you're right. not scared of it. You're, no. you're just scared of being locked down. That's right. Okay, so what's uh, what are the symptoms of, no, what is the uh, root cause of your lockdowns? The government. Yeah, the government. That's right. Vote them out. Get them yeah, out. You've got to vote them out. And State and federal. Federal yeah. election coming up. Next year. Yeah. I, I made the joke during the week. I was like, you waiting for Like, I reckon January, February next year, everything's going to be open. Mm. I reckon it'll be no masks, no vaccine mandates, mm. no passports, no condoms for sex. <laughs> it'll be free reign. Yeah. Weed will come in. It'll be like, it'll be, that's when you're... Uh, like, legalised cannabis thing, it'll be January, February next year. it yep. will be like, hey, guys, for reign! Yeah, yeah. we need to get voted back in. Do not fall for it. Yeah, don't fall out. for it.
0: Don't get fall for it. Get them out. Like, the, the disdain that these politicians are speaking about their own people and their own voters is disgusting to me. Uh,
1: uh, a great... Um, uh, I've talked to a guy who's been very, very happy with how everything's rolled out mm. in Australia, but even he said to me, he found it alarming that... Daniel Andrews would close down uh, uh, construction mm. the day after a protest. Yeah. He's like, couldn't he, and this is his words, who believes everything that the government was doing, mm. he's like, wouldn't you wait a couple of days, yeah. call it a super spreader event, yep. then lock it down and, and have us all on side? Yep. But for him to just go, oh, you're going to protest, are you? Yep. Well, how does two weeks no works out?
0: Yeah, and that, I, I think I made the point last week, I feel like a lot of these political powers at be and bureaucrats it's gone on for so long now the veil's come off they're not even trying to sell it anymore no nah. it's just i mean look at look at what happened in, look at what happened on the queensland border there was pressure so they put in place a border bubble then they've managed to find a, a covid case in guinellaba which is from on the set of a reality tv show yeah. which is allowed to be be filming yeah yeah, yeah. and Are then they part they, of the mainstream uh, I would assume so. Yeah, Channel 10, I think. Yeah, I don't think that this this reality TV show is being filmed to then be posted on RV Yemeni's YouTube <laughs> page. <laughs> or, doc- yeah, Dr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And they found one case, and then they're like, No more bubble! And even, even the border bubble wasn't the border bubble that it was before. You could still only get over the border if you were an essential worker. There was literally no difference. It was just a political play to go, oh, yeah, I've reinstated the border bubble. And then we're like, oh, yeah, maybe we could like not get these mandatory vaccinations and maybe people could actually go across the state lines. And am like, oh, what's that? One case? No more bubble! Yeah, if you think it's still about safety, you haven't been listening. And again... If you think it's about safety and you want it to be about safety, that is cool. So ask yourself why in the face of overwhelming evidence to the efficacy of early treatment for COVID-19 with ivermectin, doxycycline, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C. If you hit it early, why are we not even prescribing that to our COVID patients? We send them a text message and send them home.
1: Yeah. The most deadly virus to ever plague our planet.
0: That's right. Just go home and sleep it off, mate. Yeah, all it takes, you just got to ask yourself, You ask a question. If you still believe this shit, and again, we're not saying COVID's not real. It's real. It's real. It is real. It's nowhere near as deadly as, the, as we're being yeah. led to believe. It is not something that is worth handing over every single right that you've got as a member of a democratic, free country. Yeah. It is not worth that. So if you still believe that it is, you've got to ask more questions. Yeah. You are not a crazy person for asking questions, yeah. regardless of the fact that TV is trying to say that you are, yeah. and regardless of the fact that your hoodwinked friends are trying to say that you are. Yeah. There has never been a time in history when the control and suppression of information related to government has ended well. Yep. Never <laughs> once.
1: Yeah, we've never looked back and gone... Hey, remember that time where, as a society, we we stopped, uh, we curbed information, free flow of information, Yeah. and we got excellent outcomes. Yeah, from Yeah, fuck! I was glad that happened. Really, really, if
0: good. we all thrived. Yeah, we yeah, all we, thrived. The,
1: the people did so well. Out yeah, of that. that's yeah. never happened yet. That's what we're doing. It right.
0: has never happened in history. And if you still support it, why? Check yourself. Check yourself. Ask yourself the question: Why do I support this? Do I really think these things, or potentially have I been taught over 20 months to think these things? The drip feeding, which I think you said at the... um... Was it November last year I was talking about drip feeding? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here. And I can give you some evidence of the
1: drip feeding. Uh, A friend of mine that's talking, very, very pro uh, uh, everything that's going on, um is quite mentally prepared for the booster shots because yeah. he assumed that from the get-go it was going to be booster shots. Yeah. Even uh, though I remember having a conversation six months ago going, like, no, it's the two and then it's done and we can all move yep. on and we're all back. And once we get
0: to the 80% threshold, yep. life's, life's good again. 80s yeah. turned to 90 in Queensland. Well, yeah, think, think about the drip feeding. Right at the beginning, for a start, there was there was no number that was even, even yep. spoken about. But if you watch the states, they were trying to talk about what the um, herd immunity number might be. Yep. And over in the States, it was originally 65% was roughly what they were talking about. And then as people started getting vaccinated, it got pushed up, and it got pushed up, and it got pushed up. And then now they're, they're even saying, well, obviously no herd immunity, you've got to get booster shots. Then you look at Australia. Our vaccine rollout started at the end of February this year. It's only six months ago, or seven months ago. I don't know, it's six months. Six months ago it started. And we have gone from, if we get to 70%, you guys will get all of your freedoms back to now you've got states that like New South Wales that have just ticked over 70% with single dose and they're like, oh yeah, look, it's looking more like it's going to be 80%. You've now got the Queensland Premier who came out and said, we're only opening up at 90%. Yeah. Like, if you, if you haven't been listening when we warned you almost 12 months ago now about them drip feeding in all this shit, yep. like, I, I hate people using the terminology, but wake up. Yeah. Ask a question. Just ask a question. And if you think that there's anyone
1: that needs to see this, send them our way. Yep. I'd ask them to subscribe. Yep. Like. Put something in the comments. Mm-hmm. We're loving all the uh, 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 we're loving the banter. We're getting we're yep. getting people. We're getting a us lot
0: of. Well, we're getting comments, but obviously it's a polarizing subject, so we're getting a lot of messages. Yep. From people who are, you know, maybe just realizing for the first time that this might not be what they thought. Yep. And, it is. It is so difficult. There's a, there's a saying, I can't remember who, who the quote is from, but the quote goes along the lines of It is easier to fool someone than it is to convince them that they have been fooled. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. remember where the quote comes like from. It. But it is true because generally it is so confronting to people to have their thoughts and their ideas questioned and to actually question them themselves. Yeah. And I experienced that because if you actually rewind um, some of the pods going back over months, in my opinion, no one should have taken the vaccine at the yep. beginning. No one should have. Now, I've seen some more data and I've gone, okay, well, maybe there's a benefit for older people and immunocompromised people to take this mm. because obviously their potential downside from the vaccine or their potential downside from COVID, the, it's tilted in that direction. Yep. So vaccine's probably the lesser of two evils, right? Yep. So I've I've changed my thoughts on it based on new data. You can change your thoughts on this stuff too. But also be careful where you're getting your data from. Like I've had a lot of conversations this week. And then you realize that no one is unintelligent. No one is dumb. But we are all basing our logic and our decision making off completely different data sets. Mm. And if your data set is only confined to mainstream news and Facebook, which is... As we've discussed earlier, blocking you from going live if you're at a protest in Melbourne at the moment, mm-hmm. also would would not let you share
1: uh, lab leak theory stuff at the beginning. Oh yeah,
0: what happened to the lab leak theory? Oh, it's true. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's yeah, that's me. right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It was it was so uh, an independent fact checking organisation
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, deemed that that was a lie. Yep,
0: but it's now true. But it's now true. Yeah. So, uh, oh, another interesting news story. I know we're running a little bit long here, but I just thought it's very, very relevant. Uh, Another interesting news story has come out this week where, and look, it's always, it's interesting when these leaks come out about something from the past to cover up something that's happening in the now to maybe divert attention. But a a new news story has come out of the States uh, talking about Russiagate and the 2016 presidential election. Right. And... Many of you may remember that uh, Donald Trump was accused of colluding with Russia Mm. to win the election. Well, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer has just been indicted because the whole story was fraudulent. The whole story was fraud. They've just been indicted. Now, this is obviously going to take a long period of time to sort through. And And you won't hear about it. And you won't hear about it. Yeah. But this is an example in recent history. This is just it was 2015 and 2016, like in the lead up to the election that this stuff all came out. Our media even played it over here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, We were told Donald Trump has ties with Russia and there were misinformation, um, uh, like bots from Russia that were spreading misinformation to try to help Donald Trump win the election. That was one of the examples of when the media grabs a story, runs with it, and throws that mud, and some of it sticks, and to this day, a certain percentage of the population of the world still think Donald Trump's tied to Russia. Mm. Well, Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer has just been indicted for fraud because the entire thing was a falsehood. The entire story was a falsehood. But a lot of us believed it at the time. I say us. I didn't. But a lot of people believed it at the time. And that has still potentially swayed the last election, yep. right? And now that Donald Trump is safely out of office and banned from social media, which, again, don't, don't forget the fact that Donald Trump's banned from social media, but the Taliban has a, a Twitter account. Yeah. Right? Uh, but now that he's safely out of office and, and can't speak about it, now it's allowed to come out that, oh, yeah, actually, that was a lie back in the day. Mm. So consider how the course of history in America has changed Because of Hillary Clinton's campaign team and the media has spread a narrative to get a result. Yeah. Now, fast forward to 2021 or 2020 even and consider the narrative that we are receiving from our media and from our governments in five, six years time. We might hear about what actually happens from this. Don't Be be on the right side of history. Be on the right side of history. And all it takes, just ask questions. Yeah. That's all. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you on the next RDO. See ya.